Hey guys, we are Emma and Jessica and welcome to our podcast, The MSR Files, an X-Files podcast. In this episode, we are going to go over EBE. We'll go through it scene by scene and discuss while interjecting with our own thoughts. We hope you enjoy. directed by William Graham and written by Glenn Morgan and James Wong. Oh, was that sudden realisation <laughs> that I'm going first? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hate it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know why I do this podcast. <laughs> I'm like, I hate the bit where I speak. <laughs> I know what you mean. So, I know exactly what you mean. This is why we should do a watch along at some point and then we could both just be like... Just do it at the same time. Yeah, then we don't have to write notes and yeah. 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 That's so true. <laughs> so we open up with some nineties quality CGI of a fighter jet flying in the starry night sky. Mm-hmm. The super reads the skies of Iraq, 37th parallel present day. Do you know I used to, I started saying Iraq as a joke, like ironically, and now I can't stop it. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> now I don't ever say Iraq. I always just say Iraq and I'm like, that's not what I was intending uh, yeah. to happen, but here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we then see that the pilot inside the jet is watching a UFO shaped light. It's like Saturn-y shaped, kind of UFO shaped sort of thing. But it's just like a ball of light, basically, but in that shape. Mm-hmm. I'm not explaining this well. Yeah. You've seen it, so you've got it. So this ball of light is like whizzing around the sky doing like unmaneuverable, maneuver, unmaneuverable maneuvers. Yeah. Un- you know what I mean. We don't even know. <laughs> Pretty, pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. Of, you know what I mean. Quam. Okay, what I mean. Yeah. We quam. So the pilot radios to an airbase and gives the bearings for the object, but he's told that there's nothing in the sky that's been picked up by radar. He looks around again, and the only light in the sky is the stars. He explains that it was there just a second ago before the cockpit fills with light and the pilot screams. We then cut back to the airbase, mm-hmm. and the controller now sees four crafts on the radar. So one of them's a fire jet, three of them something else. That's what I picked up anyway. And yeah. tells the pilot that he's under attack. We then cut back to the pilot, who's blinded by the light. Is that not a song? Or is that a film? <laughs> yeah. I'm blinded by the lights. Oh, The weekend. The weekend. Yeah, I love The yeah. weekend. Man, I love more than songs about doing coke off a horse. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I took a sip of wine at the wrong time there. Oh, no. I came at my nose. Oh, don't. That's not happened to me since I was a child, but that was the worst feeling ever. So. He locks onto a target and hits it as an explosion fills the sky. We then cut to another military base where we see a soldier asleep. The super reads Hakari Turkey NATO Surveillance Station, Turkey slash Iraq border. The US soldiers at the base are awoken by the sound of a crash and they look outside to see a fireball in the nearby woods. They radio to see if anything is supposed to be in the sky and are told no. So they explain that something is outside and that they are going to check it out. We grab some gear, just like a fire extinguisher and maybe some first aid kits or something, not quite sure, mm-hmm. and then run towards the, the fireball in the woods and then the opening credits roll. The fireball. So, or opening titles roll, the fireball. Yeah, that's it. I say that every time too. I'm like, I can't remember which one is. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. We then cut to a truck driving along a highway and the super reads 12.20am Central Time, Route 100, Reagan, Tennessee. 
We cut inside a truck where the driver is listening to the radio. He glances over to the passenger seat where a gun sits, but he's then distracted by sudden radio interference. He messes with the dials on his radio as he tries to get the radio to tune back in, and eventually gets it to work again before he sees flashing lights fill his cabin as a police car races by him. The radio starts getting interference again, before his truck cuts out. The truck driver tries to get it back, started again, he's like flicking switches and shit. And... But it won't start. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, what are we going to do? (laughs) So he's like struggling with a wheel, trying to get under control, and it slowly like veers off to the side, and he manages to get to a stop. So then he gets out his truck and grabs his gun and a torch, or a flashlight, whatever you want to call it. He then hears a noise above... Yeah, you're like, yeah, torch. Torch. Let's not be then silly. He, yeah, exactly. He then hears a noise, which I can only describe as a UFO noise. He looks up, because there's a UFO noise. That's the only thing I can describe it as. It's like a hummy, like, a UFO noise, okay? Yeah. So, yeah, we know. He looks up, and lo and behold, there's a fucking UFO up there. Mm-hmm. And he, he looks shocked by this. <laughs> You are not it's like eyes that. emoji, like <laughs> yeah, oh, but, uh, and then the doors of his truck just seem to fly open on their own. I'm not quite sure what's going on mm-hmm. here. Is there supposed to be wild. someone there that he sees, or is it just nothing? Regardless of that, he starts fucking shooting at something. Don't know if he sees anything or if he's just shooting into the abyss. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's shooting. We look up at the craft, see that it's coming slowly towards him. And I'm assuming he's shooting at whoever's near the back door or just at the back doors because he's not shooting, like, he's not aiming high enough to be shooting at the UFO. And that'd be a bit weird yeah. to shoot at an aircraft. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know what he's seeing. It never really explains that. So It doesn't. No. And I thought the whole thing's... I don't don't know if I understand this episode, actually. I really love this episode. I'm starting to think. I have zero grasp It's a bit... So... Yeah. (laughs) Listen. I think the more you sit down and, like, actually dissect it like we have, you're just like, what the fuck? Fuck, yeah, exactly. (laughs) What is going on here? What are we doing, guys? We cut to Mulder, who is wearing gloves. So let's all take a moment to appreciate that, because Mm it doesn't Mm -hmm. happen very often. Nope. And he's got two stopwatches. And they're sitting on the bonnet of his car, and he starts them both at the same time before putting one in his pocket and leaving another on his car. You think, oh, Sebastian. <laughs> I heard him land. <laughs> Did he like, jump off the bed or something? I heard his little paws. Yeah, he something. wants out. He's yeah. That's it. You're getting locked out now. No, I can hear his little paws. You're does it every time. It's like he's shouting. He's so excited, but he's going upstairs that he's shouting. He's just he's like, I, I. <laughs> yeah. He then grabs some sort of gun, but not like a gun gun. It's like a, it's like a radar gun. It's like a, it's yeah. making noises like it's, it's picking like up wee, radioactivity. Yeah, like the Geiger, Geiger counter. counter thing. Yeah, but it doesn't look like a normal yeah, one. It looks like a fancy X Files one. I'm just gonna say that it's a fancy X Files one. On the same wavelength. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, he grabs his wee backpack and he walks away from the car and then we see Scully who's kneeling on the ground and picking up casings from the shotgun bullets that the driver had been firing. She's saying how the driver could have been shooting a mountain lion or some crap like that and that there was atmospheric conditions that could have created the lightning. That could have created lightning, sorry. Just the usual skeptic skull stuff. So, yeah, Mulder is saying possibly to everything she throws out. It's very agreeable yeah. this morning. So yes. 
Mulder then gets a high reading on his wee gun thing and he kneels down to see something. It looks like something melted on the ground or something. And I honestly have no clue what he's doing. So <laughs> Scully <laughs> is... He's just doing Mulder things. Yeah. She, Scully's telling him that it's feasible that the truck was hit by lightning, causing it to power down. And Mulder, Mulder agrees it's feasible. And... Then Mulder gets out some tweezers and a wee baggie and he collects some of the residue on the ground and as he's doing this, Scully is explaining that there was a marsh nearby and that the lights the driver had seen could have been swamp gas. At this point, Mulder stops being passive and asks, swamp gas? Which was great because yeah. I thought it was cool how he was going along with everyone and then he's like, no, 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 no. He's just like, wait a minute. yeah, We're, we're drawing a line here. <laughs> Scully explains how swamp gas is created and Mulder quips, that's what happens to me when I eat Dodger's dogs I don't know what Dodger dogs are, but there we go Scully allows herself to smile at this not because she finds it funny but because she wants to write Mulder and <laughs> anyway <laughs> Mulder then goes on <laughs> to say that, that a truck driver, police and several other witnesses were not getting hysterical over swamp gas Mulder adds that he's investigated multiple sightings before, including a Chesapeake Bay, the Okoboji Lakes, boop, 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 mm-hmm. and Area 51 in Nevada. I fucking love Okoboji. <laughs> None of those had as much support and evidence as this case. Then he lists mm-hmm. off the evidence, which is anecdotal data, exhaust residue, radi- radi- fuck sake! <laughs> radiation levels, five times the norm. Mm-hmm. Scully looks so pissed off as he's listing all of these things and she she tells him that none of that evidence is conclusive. Mulder ignores her, as always, and says that the only question for him is why the truck driver was singled out. Scully suggests that it's more Mm. likely that the truck driver was overtired and fired upon a hallucination because after all, the road can play tricks on you. Mulder agrees, yeah, it can play tricks on you, as he examines the two stopwatches and then adds, but not like this, as he shows Scully the two stopwatches. One is showing that that only 3 minutes and 13 seconds has passed, and the other shows that 5 minutes and 21 seconds has passed. And I'm saying that, but I honestly couldn't tell you if that's right, because... The only stopwatches I've ever seen are digital stopwatches, and I really didn't understand this. Yeah, stopwatches. Did you have a look at the face? Yeah, those ones are tricky. I have yeah, no but idea I couldn't really read it. Yeah, it's tricky. They were tricky to read, but there was a time difference, basically. Yeah, it's all that matters. Yeah, it wasn't quite nine minutes, but there was a time difference. There was. Could have been nine minutes. I wouldn't have been able to tell you. So he then explains to Scully that he started both watches at the same time. We then cut to the truck driver, who appears to be suffering from some patchy sunburn or radiation burns. Jury's out on that Mm -hmm. one. The super reads, police station Lexington, Tennessee, as we see the truck driver saying that he doesn't understand why he's being held and that firing firing a weapon on a county road charge is a load of horseshit. That's not what he says. He says horseman here. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Because, <laughs> you know, it's not oh, shit, it sounds better though. The driver adds that he's a veteran and knows how to handle a gun. We then see across the table from the driver is Mulder and Scully. And Mulder is, of course, sitting like a whore with his right leg up on the chair. Mm-hmm. He decides to mm-hmm. take a less slight pose though, and he puts his leg down as he identifies <laughs> the driver as Mr. Ranheim. Very slight. Yeah, always. And I wonder if they said, sit like this and then move your leg. Yeah, is I wonder that if that script? was directed. Or is he just or weird? David was just like, nah, he made a it's choice. Like, what would be a good idea? <laughs> he did. I respect the choice, but at the same time, you're just like, what? What was going on in his head in that moment? How flexible is that suit as well, though? I guess it is quite baggy, actually. These are the real questions you need to be asking. There's a lot of movement yeah, in that suit. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Mulder identifies the driver as Mr. Ranheim and asks him to elaborate on his encounter. Note that he says encounter mockingly, like mm-hmm. the way that people would talk to him. And yeah. I'm like, Mulder, what the fuck are you playing at? I know. Well, you're not that dickhead. Exactly. Also, let's just point out that Scully looks great in this scene. I mm-hmm. really love that like green jacket she has. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what you'd call it, like a khaki green or an olive green or something with a pin, black pinstripes. Really yeah. nice for these her. Anyway, Ranheim begins to describe the UFO as round like a saucer with coloured lights on it. And, oh, can I just say that? So, I'm sure I've already went on this rant. That's so <laughs> bullshit. Like, the, the whole saucer thing, uh-huh. when a flying saucer was first described as a saucer, the guy was describing the movement like a saucer skipping across water. Right, aye. Not the shape of it. Not the shape of it. And this was what makes me think that most UFO sightings are bullshit because everyone goes with this saucer shape and it's like, that's not even what... Uh-huh. Oh, that's a good point. It's a good point. Mulder interjects to say that he had described it as black and cigar-shaped. So obviously the men in black have been to wipe his memory yeah. because it's given to a different report. <laughs> so Ranheim gets angry and says that he didn't ask for any of this and that he just wants to get back to his truck to deliver his auto parts. Yeah. He then starts coughing uncontrollably and Mulder looks really pissed he off does. at this inconvenience. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> and Scully acts like a normal caring human being and pours mm-hmm. him a glass of water because she cares about people more than aliens. Yeah. She's like, a medical doctor. People. Is she? <laughs> she cares about her patients. <laughs> Scully then asks how long Ranheim has had that cough and he asks why. And she explains that because he said he was a veteran, his cough, his rash and his fever are all symptoms of Gulf, Gulf War syndrome. Ranheim then says that he was never in the Gulf War. Mulder interrupts because he's really annoyed that like, yeah, yeah. about <laughs> real life problems and he wants to talk yes. about aliens. So he asks how long Ranheim has had, had a rash or he asks how long have you not been yourself and Ranheim looks at Mulder to gaze at each other across the table mm-hmm. and then Ranheim admits that he hasn't been himself since last night since he saw the UFO. Mulder looks super stoked about this, but before he can ask any more questions, the police chief walks in and tells Ranheim that he's free to go and he can have his truck back. Mulder gets up quickly and says, that's not fair. I want to look at the truck. But the chief is like, no pal, you ain't looking Mm -hmm. at any truck. And Mulder tries to explain that the truck was involved in a close encounter and that, (laughs) that's so weird that the truck was... (laughs) Had its own close encounter, and that it yeah. could contain trace evidence. But the police tells Mulder that he's gotten all that he's going to get from this county, and that they will no longer be cooperating in his investigation. Scully asks why before Mulder throws a tantrum, and yeah. he said, "I say before he already kind of has." But the police chief literally just tells him to go away. Yeah, <laughs> he does. I'm not even creating this dialogue. He literally says like, what every character on the show has ever wanted to say to that. He's like, "Just go away." Yeah. <laughs> leave me alone yep Scully looks at Mulder as if to say oh babe do you want a hug and he tells her yeah. not here but he holds the door open for her on the way out so she knows like he definitely wants yeah. a hug later like wants her alone yeah so yeah. we then cut to our rental car place and Scully is filling out a form mm-hmm. whilst Mulder towers over her mm-hmm. she just looks so small there standard she's barely reaching that weekend and so he's like <laughs> so don't answer yeah. So, yeah he tells her that it's too obvious you know, he tells her that it's obvious that someone got the police chief and that Ranheim was hiding something. Got the police? No, someone got to the police chief and yeah. that Ranheim was hiding something. Scully tells Mulder that Ranheim was sick and Mulder rebuffs that he only became sick last night. The woman next to Scully, who's not suspicious at all, then asks to use her pen and Scully agrees to hand it over. And she looks like she's mid-writing something. And I'm like, why would you hi- hand mm-hmm. your pen over? You'd be like, eh, no, fucking wait, your turn. Yeah. But anyway... <laughs> 
she's nice, so she gives her the pen. She is. She is, yeah. Scotty then asks mockingly mm-hmm. if Mulder's suggesting that Gulf War Syndrome is caused by UFOs. And Mulder very, very seriously replies that UFOs are often witnessed by soldiers during wartime. Mm-hmm. The woman yeah. then gives Scully her pen back and Scully puts it away in her bag and they head for the door. And I can totally relate to Scully in this because I would have 100% wait because clearly she was waiting for the pen back because apparently she was finished writing even yeah. like she was in the middle of the sun and she just sat there waiting for her pen back and I would 100% do that too because yeah. no one is taking my pen for me. No. Pens are precious. You gotta keep your pens. Yes, they are. Anyway, Scully tells Mulder that the UFOs soldiers are likely seeing during wartime are more likely to be secret military aircraft than UFOs. 100% true, Scully. That's the logical explanation. Mm-hmm. Mulder tells her that's what soldiers in Iraq said. He holds it open for her again because he's still waiting on that hug. And he explains that <laughs> yeah. he said it was, <laughs> it was the exhaust fuel or a classified aircraft or its weapon. Again, I don't really know what my notes say, whatever. <laughs> I hope this makes sense to you, because it doesn't make any sense to me. It's making sense to dis- me, yeah. <laughs> As they discuss this, they get onto a bus, and Mulder sits by the window seat, even though he's twice the size of Scully, and he could really use that leg oh, room no. on Miles' seat. But for whatever reason, they always sit like this, so he's on the inside so and she's cute. on the outside. Also, I'm not sure if it's just the camera angle or if Scully's sitting on a booster seat, but she looks the same size as them when they're sitting <laughs> next to each other. I'm like, how did this happen? <laughs> so, back to the story. Scully says that there's a base in Little Rock, and maybe they have a secret aircraft there that they were flying, and Mulder tells her that they'll deny it, but it could possibly explain why Ranheim developed the symptoms. Scully copies Mulder from the beginning of the episode and replies, possibly. Mulder says mm-hmm. that he'll talk to someone when they get back to Washington. Scully says that the military won't discuss anything that's classified, and Mulder explains that these guys are an extreme government watchdog group. I don't know why I took so many pauses there. And that they punish... <laughs> they punish? I've wrote punish. It's supposed to be published. They publish the Lone Sunman <laughs> magazine. <laughs> he goes on to explain that they have information on covert actions and classified weapons before eventually adding that some of their ideas are downright spooky. And the way he says spooky. Yeah. I love the way he says spooky. It's so cute. Yeah. Scully looks at Mulder as to say, my god Mulder, we need to get you laid. And Mulder's like, laid? Yes. I'm not even having my hug yet. I know. <laughs> if you're wondering, do I ever stop going on about this hug during this entire section of notes? The answer is no. <laughs> Good. That's what we like to hear. It just becomes a recurrent theme for some strange reason. I don't know why I held yeah. on to it, but I did. <laughs> we then cut to a close-up of a camera lens and we hear it click as the person behind it captures some photos. We zoom out to meet the lone gunman Yay, who fired the, the latest yeah, who fired the latest conspiracy theories at Mulder. When Byers says that Vladimir Jurons Chivron oh, how did you say this again? Zhivronsky or something? Zhironsky? I really don't. When Byers says that Vladimir Zhironsky Zhivonsky Zhironsky Fuck knows. The Russian did. This Russian guy, who's the leader of this Russian social democrats. Zhironsky. How the fuck did you say that? Zhironsky. 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 Fuck me. I really wouldn't know. Vladimir Zhironsky. I don't have it up either. I'll just say it confidently and we'll just go it. Yeah. When Byers says that Vladimir Zhironsky, the leader of the Social Democrat Party in Russia, is being put into power by the most evil and powerful force of the 20th century, Mulder sarcastically guesses Barney. And Scully loves this. <laughs> Barney. She's so amused by this. We giggle. It's not often that Mulder's the coolest person in the room. <laughs> but this yeah. is one of these times. Yeah. So then Byers reveals that it's the CIA. And Scully answers with a sarcastic, hmm. But he's right, fuck the CIA. <laughs> after, after this, 
Langley asks if Scully is Mulder's skeptical partner, and she looks at Mulder, and they both look at each other, and my god, they're both so thirsty for each other right now. Such yeah, it's good. And it's a good look. Mulder, yeah, Mulder doesn't answer, but then Frohicky finally pipes up and says she's hot. We can car, but please don't talk to her like she's not in the fucking room. It really nice. Exactly. Me. Yeah. Byers stays on track and challenges Scully, asking if she doesn't think the CIA would do anything to get the old enemy back after it was dismissed. Not dismissed. That's what we'll say diminished. <laughs> after it was diminished after the Cold War. Scully tells Byers that he's giving the government too much credit. Frohicky butts in again, saying that Scully is hot, but again, talking about her like she's not in the fucking room. Uh, Mulder tells him fall down. Yeah, it's a bit weird. He's like, back off, bitch. She's mine. Yeah. <laughs> he's working this game so long. He is. He's playing the long game. Yep. Byers and Scully keep up their little argument, and Byers starts talking about a dark network in the government, a government within the government. And Scully challenges how they can do this, and Byers says that he can show her if she has a $20 bill. Scully says she'll check, and although she's practically sitting on Mulder's lap, like he feels the need <laughs> to lean in and closer to her, and I'm just like, what is the need, mate? You're sitting right next to her. Yeah. It's so good. I know. It's fucking great. It's what I love for. So, yeah. Byers takes the $20 bill off of Scully and basically takes it and then starts ripping it. And she complains and Mulder laughs at her adoringly. It's a very cute fucking moment. It is and such. Oh, God. It's so, so cute. cute. <laughs> so then yes. Byers reveals that the magnetic strip on the bill. Sorry, so like he tears it and reveals the magnetic strip and he pulls it out and he says that it's just one method they have of tracking people. Mulder reminds Byers that it's a federal crime to deface money and Scully tells the lads to settle down that it's just an anti-counterfeit measure. Langley butts in to question why it's on the inside when other countries put it on the outside. Mulder tells them all to chill out and stop acting like they've never spoken to a woman before. Yeah. <laughs> tell them what they know about Gulf War Syndrome. Langley says Agent Orange of the 90s and Byers explains that it was artillery shells made with depleted uranium. Mulder asks if they've heard of any classified planes being flown during the Persian War sorry the Persian Gulf War and Byers shoots us down and Mulder then asks about UFO activity during the war. Langley laughs and mockingly says yeah UFOs caused Gulf War Syndrome that's a good one Mulder <laughs> and Byers chips in to say that that's why they like him because his ideas are even weirder than theirs. Mulder laughs but he's really off at them because then he's like you're making me look yeah. dumb in front of Scully guys uh-huh. and he's right to be annoyed because Scully looks as if she's thinking like I cannot believe my boyfriend is even crazier than these conspiracy nut jobs <laughs> and that ends that scene basically but let's pause for a second because who's your favourite lone gunman? Oh how can I choose? I can't it's Byers <laughs> I was going to say that actually. He's really cute. I really like Byers. I don't know. Yeah, he's I like Byers. Like, oh, he's so cute. Did he's you know so pure. wearing a wedding ring in this scene? No, I did not. What's the story with him again? Because there's that episode that I never re- oh, rewatched. Yeah. Well, so was he married to her? Or is this just because he was married in real life? We've got to take his wedding ring off? Or... Do we know what the deal is? I, can't I would need to go I back. Never... Yeah. I love the lone gunman, but I don't really watch any yeah. lone gunman episodes. Uh-huh. I can't remember to be honest there were some women who was at the government was after her and they were like oh we will like hide you and we'll get you to safety and then i don't think they did or like she turned herself in or something i can't remember Uh, no she got taken away oh yeah yeah that's what it was i don't know yeah Yeah. i think just byers is my favorite he's just he's so precious i'm just like oh but also because i just watched this 
as in the episode this other night, mm-hmm. when I saw Langley with his Ramones t-shirt on, I was like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so sentimental. I was like, oh, this is brilliant. Yeah. But I thought I it was a good them. introduction to They're the little gunman. And I'm glad they came yes, back. Definitely, definitely. So we then cut to the basement office where Mulder is looking at photos of shell casings on the road where the truck stopped with a big magnifying glass. Like, it's not magnifying glass yeah. per se. It's like when it's, you yeah, stick it's, the wall when it looks at or hover over stuff uh-huh. on a desk. Yeah. It's very strange, but it works. Yeah. Whilst he's doing this, Scully is complaining about how paranoid the lone gunmen are, and she tells Mulder that she doesn't see how he can find anything they say remotely plausible. Mulder continues to examine the photos without turning around, and casually says that he thinks it's remotely plausible that someone might think that you're hot. Scully is thankful Aww. that he's not looking at her. She's like fucking freaking out. She's like, oh my god, he thinks I'm hot. Trying to compose herself in the background. Iconic yeah. <laughs> scene, I fucking love it. So Scully's trying to write something, but her pen's not working. And I swear to God, she fucking licks this thing. Oh God! Like... Remember, people used to do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why do people? Boggin. Disgusting. Anyway, well, we, we all know what she's pretending to lick in her head. So she looks <laughs> <laughs> around for a new yes. ink cartridge. I think she's looking for a new ink cartridge. It looks like the kind of pen that you'd replace yeah. the cartridge in. And she's telling Mulder that the lone gunmen are paranoid and they like to think that people are tracking them to make themselves feel like they're doing something important. And as she's saying all this, she pulls open her pen and finds that it's been tampered with. So she just made herself look like a right fool. So she stops talking <laughs> yeah. and Mulder finally turns away from the foes to ask her what's wrong. Scully shows him the pen but clearly the props department did not have a lot of time to work with because it doesn't look like something that's been bugged. It just looks like something that's had a whole bunch of shit soldered onto it. It is. It's so strange and they just stare at it for like an uncomfortable amount of time and I'm like, okay, right, can we move on? Camera time on that. But but let's not move on because this is a great thing. So Mulder comes over to examine the pen but instead of taking the pen off of Scully, takes her wrist in his hand and brings it closer to him. <laughs> and then he continues like to hold her wrist while he's staring at this pen. And it's just fucking great. I love it. It's, oh, I can't even cope. Chef's though. kiss. Yes. We then cut to Mulder in his apartment. He's all casual in jeans and a tee. And his apartment's pretty much in darkness. And he goes over to his desk lamp and replaces the bulb in his lamp to a blue one. Which he then points towards the window and closes the blinds. Might close the blinds first. To be honest, I wasn't really paying attention. I was too busy thinking about how nice his hands and his arms looked in the soft lane. So, that's yeah. that. I wasn't rewinding it again. So, it happens in some order. So, anyway, some time passes. Uh, Mulder is now asleep, scrunched up mm-hmm. on that tiny, stupid fucking sofa. Which yeah. is some noisy shit at me. Like, if you were going to make him not have a bed and sleep on a sofa, at least get him a sofa that fits him. <laughs> yes. Make it realistic. This boy would not be like, able to walk. If, well, exactly, he wouldn't no. be able to walk if he was sleeping on that full time. But he's not. He's sleeping in Scully's bed. Ah, plot hole. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Proof. This is the reality I choose yeah. to believe. Yeah. Other realities are out there, but fuck them. So we... Yeah. He then... So the phone rings. He's woken up by it. And he answers the phone. <laughs> and the person on the other end hangs up. So we then cut to Mulder sitting on a bench outside. And he's trying to eat sunflower seeds, but... The love of God, David still hasn't figured out how to do that. So, (laughs) (laughs) Deep Throat then comes up behind him, all puns intended, and says that pitchers and catchers report for spring training next week. To which Mulder replies, what are Mm -hmm. we doing here then? Deep Throat asks Mulder if he missed his calling, and Mulder nods with a smile. Deep Throat then attempts to ask Mulder out on a date, but he chickens out at the last minute. (laughs) 
And <laughs> then they flirt for a while until a camera flash goes off behind them and Deep Throat quickly turns away from it. And Mulder's like, chill, babe. It's just a tourist. And Deep yeah. Throat explains that nothing is just as it seems in their line of work. Uh-huh. Mulder gets down to business and asks what he's on to. And he explains that they went down to investigate the truck driver and now they have ele- electronic equipment surveilling them. You have a pen with a bunch of shit soldiered onto it. Just calm down, <laughs> Yes. So... <laughs> it's like get your jets on you're not quite there yet yeah exactly he asks who's listening to them and Deep Throat doesn't answer he asks why Deep Throat won't tell him and Deep Throat hands him a brown envelope without a word and then gets up to go Mulder asks mm-hmm. again what he's on to and Deep Throat finally answers a dangerous path before leaving and Mulder pops one of sunflower seed into his mouth sidebar David looks absolutely fucking freezing in this scene he does every breath and his little nose is going pink from the cold yeah seem like they're numb from the gold. I'm just like, this poor boy. Bless. He's always chilly. We then cut to the basement office the next morning, where Mulder is reading a top-secret document of transcribes from the Iraqi fighter jet that we saw at the beginning of the episode. As he's reading, the scenes from the interception with the UFO are in are cut into the scenes of him reading the document. And then Scully walks in and tells Mulder that the truck is bogus and so is the truck driver. She tells Mulder that Ranheim was supposed to be carrying £3,100 of auto parts, but when she checked the reports from three different weighing stations and the truck that the truck went through, they had it listed at £5,100. Scully tells Mulder that there's something in that truck and it's not all parts. She also points out that no one ever reported him, uh, as in like no one reported that he was £2,000 over, and that he lied about being in the Gulf War. Scully, Scully reveals that the truck driver is actually called Frank Druce. Mulder, who's been looking at her stunned like this whole time while she's been dropping all this information, puts his, his head in his hand and Scully continues to drop bombs. She's like, this dude, special black ops. Nope, special ops. Blackberry in Mosul, North Iraq. Don't know if that's how you pronounce that. Sorry. So Mulder looks absolutely done with all these lies, but Scully isn't finished and she tells Mulder that Druce didn't get sick from the encounter the other night and that he's been to the VA. What's the VA? All I can think of is the Victorian Halbert Museum in Dundee, but I don't think it's that. I don't think it is that. I'm going on a hunch. I don't think it's that. <laughs> I don't think it's that. Nobody's coming to Dundee and I don't I was thinking them. like veteran something, but is he not still active in the military? So I don't know. Maybe veteran association? I'm trying to Maybe. Google it, but I don't have... It's not loading. Oh! The United States Department of Veterans Affairs. Yeah, but I thought like, it seems like he's still active in the government, but whatever. So he's That's been what to the so, but... yeah, no. it makes no sense to me. So he's been to the VA hospital for treatments three times in the last year. This is a straw that broke the camel's back. So Mulder is frustrated and he stands up and vents that they had it, they had it, and they let it go, as in the truck. He paces around the room with his hand on his hip because, you know, even when he's mad, he's a whore. Actually, especially when he's mad, he's a whore because remember that scene in, at the end of yeah. NME when he's standing in the doorway it's fucking iconic. Oh, God. Ruins oh God, me every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're trying to stay on path. <laughs> so, back, back to EBE. Mulder starts to lay down the facts as he knows them and tells Scully that four days ago an Iraqi Air Force pilot shot down a UFO. The wreckage and possibly the occupants were recovered by the army. Ranheim, the truck driver, would be the perfect escort for the wreckage or the bodies out of Iraq to a laboratory in the USA, which would explain why the truck was £2,000 heavier than listed. Mulder says that the US has armed, has sorry, has used armed trucks in the past to transport dangerous materials and weapons. He then laughs like a little dork and says that he's beginning to sound like those guys over at the Lone Gunman magazine. <laughs> Scully asks where Mulder obtained his information and Mulder says that let's just say it was a source with a deep background and let us just say it's gotta be deep to cope with Mulder. Get what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. <Clap. laughs> 
fam. Scully says that she wants to know all about this apparently deep hole that he's been having secret rendezvous <laughs> with. And Mulder says that all he knows is that this guy's guided them, guided them away from harm. Scully is super jealous and asks how Mulder could possibly know that. And she points out that they work for the FBI and they're being bugged. So what does that tell him? Mulder starts to get pissed at her for yelling at him. And he angrily says it tells him that everything is not as it appears. Scully says exactly. And for all they know, this deep background she's really not letting go of that deep part yeah she's like how big it is in Mulder just show me (laughs) (laughs) yep anyway she says that deep throat could be responsible for the bug Mulder is a stubborn little bitch though so he argues that deep throat has never lied to him and that he trusts him so he will not break that confidence Scully then brings out the big guns and in a last ditch attempt to get Mulder to whip it out she says Mulder you're the (laughs) only one I trust Mulder (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Mulder, clearly I've just entertained myself during these notes. So Mulder, oh, yeah, I was yeah. taking on really late at night, and that says a lot. <laughs> that's fair, yeah. Mulder holds her gaze and says that she's going to have to trust him then. Scully rolls her eyes and leans back in her chair as she accepts the fact that he's not going to show her, and Mulder asks if she found out where the truck is now. Scully says she knows roughly where it is and that it's headed west towards Colorado. As Mulder gets up excitedly, he tells her that they have to intercept it and see what's on board. Mulder then tells Scully that he has to go pick up a few things, but then he'll meet her at her place in an hour. He then leans down and places a hand on her shoulder um, and like caresses it, like all platonic partners do. You know? As you do. Yep. Yep. But he has to do this because he can see that she's pissed off that he's not going to mm-hmm. show her his pleasure stick. <laughs> Can you remember what other things were on that list that I tweeted years ago? Because that's the only one I remember. Oh, I don't know. We need to get ready for Dwayne No, Barry. I can't remember. Where was it? Yeah, pleasure stick. <laughs> but then <laughs> he also doesn't care that much because she's still not giving him his hug. So they're even. So yeah. then we yeah. cut to Mulder entering his apartment. But when he goes to turn on the lights, they don't work. Uh, and then we hear Ooh. Deep Throat tell him that he's cut the main breakers as he la- lounges in one of the chairs in Mulder's apartment in the pitch black oh, with his feet up on the coffee table. He's made himself right at home. Anyway, Mulder gets a fright at first and he goes for his weapon, but then he realises this is Sugar Daddy and he quickly relaxes. Yep, yep. Mulder is all concerned and tells Deep Throat that he's risking exposure by coming to his house, but Deep Throat tells him that what he has is too important as he holds up an envelope. He approaches Mulder and tells him that the photograph inside was taken by an officer at Fort Benning in Georgia and that 17 UFOs were spotted in one hour. Deep Throat goes to leave but Mulder puts a hand out to stop him and asks them what the... no? And asks if that's where the Iraqi wreckage is being held. Mulder then asks if the UFOs are monitoring the area and Deep Throat just looks around and tells him, nice place you have here. Deep Throat then heads for the door but Mulder runs after him like a little bitch and <laughs> tells him that he yep. wants to take this opportunity to thank Deep Throat and to let him know how much he's helped Mulder with his work without asking for anything in return and put Putting himself at risk, and he's all nervous while he's seeing this, and his, he's got his little stars mm-hmm. coming out, and uh, it's quite cute. Yeah, actually. it's very cute. It's cute. So he says all this, bears his soul, and Deep Throat just leaves him hanging on that little piece of string yeah. that's got him wrapped around. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. So Mulder goes inside to open the envelope and he looks at the photograph and then we get a really cool transition between him looking at the photograph to then it cuts to Scully at uh-huh. her 
different. That's good. And she's yeah. got an actual magnifying glass. Mm-hmm. So she's looking at it, and then we can hear Mulder in the background telling her that it's the best photographic evidence that he's seen. Continues to waffle on behind her, telling her that when he saw the Gulf Breeze photos, he knew they were a hoax. But the photo the scholar is looking at is the quality evidence the government has amassed for decades at the highest classified levels. Mm-hmm. He continues as he paces back and forth and tells Scully that the truck was just a decoy to keep anyone looking too closely from Fort Benning with the Iraqi UFO was being held. Noticing that Scully isn't listening to him, Mulder places the back of his fingers mm-hmm. on her shoulder to get her attention and tells her that they have to leave for Georgia immediately. At this point, Scully grabs a little pen and just bursts Mulder's bubble. And yes. Bubbles, <laughs> I was gonna say she's there. like, hold on the new. She's like, yeah, she's like, fucking settle down. This is a whole yeah. <laughs> Take a chill pill. And Mulder then replies, what? Like that. In like the most comical yeah. way. Fucking love that delivery. <laughs> <laughs> and Scully tells him to look at it again and points out that the officer's shadow in the photo is all wrong if the shadow is supposed to be created from the lights from the UFO. Mulder argues that there could be an off-camera light source. Scully's like, nah babe, now look at the colour of the light reflected in the wind windshield, which is supposed to be from the UFO, but doesn't match the colour of the lights on the UFO. Mulder again argues that it could be caused by the tint on the windshield, and Scully softly says that they should have it analysed mm-hmm. by someone at the FBI, and Mulder throws a t- massive tantrum yeah. at this fucking loses it and says that she should just admit that oh, she's determined not to believe him him being deep throat. Scully counters that Mulder is too determined to believe him but Mulder says that he's determined to follow a lead that may result in the proof of existence of extraterrestrial biological entities as he gathers his things like a huffy little child and tells her he mm-hmm. needs to go we then get one of the best X-Files memes ever. I was Scully just gonna say that oh, yep. Her. Mulder replies no. <laughs> oh, it's the, Mulder, it's the best. Oh. <laughs> no, it's like no. Uh, <laughs> up so well. Scully gets up and begs Mulder to hear her out. Mulder stops and turns around to face her. Scully then decides to suck up to Mulder in an attempt to get him to listen, and she tells him that she's never met anyone so passionate and dedicated to a belief than him. She tells him that it's so intense that sometimes it's blinding. Mulder sighs as he gives in to the facts, and Scully continues as she points out that there are people watching him, people who know what she knows, and whereas she can respect and admire his passion, they will use it against him. Mulder nods along, flattery worked, and he's eaten it up every little word. Oh, Scully why? tells him that the truth... Maybe not, though, because I've, wrote- <laughs> so I've wrote that bit later. Hold on. We'll-, we'll get there. So Scully tells him that the truth is out there, but so lies, which is one of my favourite fucking lines in the show. Yeah. Anyway, I haven't seen this episode in a long time. This is what I was talking about. So I've totally forgot that Mulder <laughs> isn't eating it all up, because he rather childishly then says thank you with a sharp tone and storms off. Yeah. Not bad guys. She's like, she's trying to help you, bro. Yeah, he doesn't want to be helped. Simmer down. Crazy. She's too desperate. What's that thing? I'm crazy, but I'm free. <laughs> Yeah, I'm fucking crazy, but I'm free. I'm free, yeah. That'll be our next TikTok. So we then come back to the FBI headquarters and the Super Reads 8.30am Eastern Time FBI headquarters, Washington, D.C. Just in case, again, if we forgot where the FBI headquarters were. Yeah, yeah. Just, just to be sure. Or where the office is, really. Because be it all sure. cuts into the basement office, and I'm like, we fucking know where it is. Yeah, yeah. We know where we're going. don't think it's an RV that's travelling across the country. <laughs> <laughs> We, we cut down to the basement office where we see Scully walking in and putting her briefcase down on the desk before reading out... Reading out? Fucking hell, Jessica. Before heading out... <laughs> to, let's write all of this again. I don't know what I'm laughing at. Mine's going to be like an absolute like, train wreck. This is the last time I'm doing this sober. <laughs> you have to do it. Yeah, you have to do it. Whatever you, yeah. beverage, you know. Beverage it's a law. You're, you're breaking the law right now. How do you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> 
What a rebel I am. So we then cut down to the basement office where we see Scully walking in and putting her briefcase down on the desk before heading out to grab a cup of coffee. When she goes back to the office, her briefcase, which was standing up, is now lying down on the desk and then he gets some intense music playing. Scully notices this and then the music gets even more intense and then we hear a noise. And she turns around like a ninja. She's like, what? Uh, <laughs> Classic. Turns <laughs> out <laughs> it's just Mulder in that little bit of the office that they rarely use. Yeah, if he's just being really weird about it. Yeah, like in the dark, acting like he ain't there. Uh huh. He's just being dramatic being as always. Being a little freak. So Mulder tells her that he had the photo analyzed by the bureau's computers, and that initially it appeared to be legitimate. I feel like I didn't say legitimate right there, but oh well. He goes on about all the things in the photo that make it look real, but then points out that the moon is half full. He then points out in the reflection of the car, the moon is a quarter full. I'd call it a crescent moon, by the by, though. And that the window shouldn't have even <laughs> caught the moon's reflection from the angle that is shown in the fall. He admits to Scully that she was right and that the photo was fake and that his sugar daddy tried to deceive him. Mm-hmm. He then steps super fucking close to her and tells her that they're alone in this and there's no one they can trust. As he gets even closer still, and then yeah. like leaning fucking right within inches of her face, and he quietly says that they went to a lot of effort to put them on the wrong track, and there's something here that no one's supposed to find. To which Scully finally looks up to this. Scully finally looks up into his mm-hmm. eyes, and they gaze at each other as if to say, it's us against the world, babe. And thank God yes. for that, that's the end of my notes. I cannot do that. That was good. <laughs> that was the biggest train wreck ever, but I appreciate the support. <laughs> We're an hour in. This is going to take me forever to edit. <laughs> Always. Always for the support. So we cut to an aquarium. And we are still in Washington. Mulder is standing in front of a fish tank. Pretty much just like watching the sharks cut about the water. Um, <laughs> basically. Cut about Yeah. <laughs> throat comes over to him and asks why he didn't leave for, for Benning yet. And Mulder tells him that the photograph was a fake. And Deep Throat just gives him no response. It just doesn't acknowledge anything. But Mulder says, at least you're not insulting me further by feigning appalled surprise. And Deep Throat says, on the contrary, I think it's a comp. A compliment is in order. That photo was performed for? Did I write the wrong word? I don't know. I don't Basically, know. the photo was made up by their very best. And Mulder oh, is like great. human. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I thought you were my ally. And Deep Throat is like, yes, I am. But Mulder continues to like, kick up a fuss and have like a little hissy fit. And Deep Throat's like, right, pipe down. Wind your neck in. He's like, every time <laughs> I come and see you, I put my life in great danger. And then Mulder just kind of calms himself down. And then Deep Throat goes on to say that he's been a participant in some of the most insidious lies and wit to deeds that no crazed man could imagine. He spent years watching Mulder from his lofty position and knows that he was the one he could trust. Mulder asks then why did he lie to him and Deep Throat says that they needed to divert him. He says that he and Scully are both excellent investigators and their motives are just but there are some secrets that people are not ready to know. So Mulder is upset and he's like who are you to decide that for me and Deep Throat says that the world's reacting to, to such knowledge would be far too dangerous. Again like Mulder's kicking up a fuss and he's like, oh, like, do you mean like dangerous? Like a sense? I just cut it down because there was a lot, a lot going on here. Yeah. Um, Mulder asks <laughs> if he means dangerous, like a sense of outrage, like the reaction to the Kennedy assassinations, etc. And asks where will it end? And then he's like, oh, it will never end. Of course, not as long as men like Deep Throat are in charge who decide what is the truth and what isn't. And then Mulder asks if the transcript that Deep Throat gave him of the Iraqi pilot was the truth. Deep Throat, d- Deep Throat, <laughs> Deep Throat <laughs> nods in agreement. <laughs> 
and Mulder asks why he even bothered to show it to him. And Deep Throat says that he was onto the truck, so he had to steer Mulder away. He says, a lie, Mr. Mulder, is most convincingly hidden between two truths. Ooh. Mulder is just like, Ugh, and just like mm-hmm. oof, starts to walk away. But Deep Throat calls him back. He's like, when a shark stops swimming, it will die. He's like, do not stop swimming. Bit cheesy, that bit. Yeah. He goes on to say that he's not responsible for the electronic surveillance, but he does know that they can still hear you. So, I mean, it's nice that he's still giving them a warning. Yeah. He's like, by the way, they can still listen in. So Mulder goes back to his apartment. Can I just say one thing, though? Uh-huh. No one he says, why did you lie to me? Mm-hmm. David delivers that line in the exact same way that he then says it later to Gillian Anderson in that interview where he's got like, the chet shirt on and she's got the red blouse in. And it's oh, when yeah. some girl answers a question for Gillian and then it turns out to be the wrong answer she's given anyway. So then she's like, no, that's not what happened. And he mm-hmm. goes, then why did you lie to me? And it's the exact same delivery as what he does in this. It just made me laugh when I was watching that scene. So I was like, oh my God, that's oh, the exact brilliant. same. Yeah. Oh. Brilliant, love it. So yeah, we cut to Mulder's apartment and he's like tearing the place apart looking for all the, these bugs and surveillance and things and he unscrews like a plug fixture from the wall and he finds the bug in there. So Scully arrives and like calls out to him asking if he's home and after Mulder opens the door, he puts his finger up to signal um, for her to be quiet mm-hmm. and then leads her into the room because she cannot walk by herself obviously obviously <laughs> and he like plays it off being like oh no like i think you were right like we've won this one we should just give it up and she just kind of looks at him and but then he writes down no he points to the fixture the shore of the bug and he writes on a piece of paper we have to find the truck and scully like takes a minute and then she agrees and it's quite clever because she agrees she's agreeing to his lie and also to the yeah. saying like we need to find the truck so they're good together good. so then we cut to Mulder and scully driving down a busy street and they pull over to the side another car keeps going and pulls over two cars ahead of them and it's kind of obvious like that's a tail and um, they're getting watched so scully gets out of the car as does a man from the other car and then we hear him or we hear somebody say in that car like all right stick with her so it's obvious like they're getting tailed yeah so Mulder drives off down the street and the other car follows him but Scully starts to walk away and then looks back to see the man tailing her and she signals for a taxi and gets in and drives away the other man tries to do the same but the taxi doesn't stop so he misses it and it's just like, wait, <laughs> he missed out. So then the super reads 9.16 a.m. Eastern Time, Dulles Airport, Washington, D.C. I think that's how you say it. I don't know. Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, we'll go for it. So we see Scully standing in a queue to buy some plane tickets and the intendant uh, tells her to enjoy her round trip to Chicago. And Scully says that she's also like a one-way ticket to L.A. with a stop in Vegas and that she'll be paying in cash. We cut back to Mulder, who's still driving down a street and he's still being tailed. He comes to a red light and then he looks in his rear view mirror and sees the car, two cars behind him that was following him. And the light turns green and Mulder slams on the accelerator <laughs> and becomes like a danger to society and road users everywhere and makes <laughs> a, a sharp left turn, cutting everybody off. Yeah. <laughs> he's always I'm sure he was always like a menace. <laughs> yeah. Just an absolute menace. So traffic swerves like to avoid him and the other car tries to follow but can't obviously because now the road's blocked so it worked out well but at the same time like mate just stop just pulling out in front of traffic. (laughs) So anyway he's no longer getting tailed because he's lost the tail but they do eventually get through so Mulder heads for the airport. So then we cut to 11.30am Pacific Time, McCarran Airport, Las Vegas, Nevada. Scully is in a gift shop, she's just kind of perusing looking through (laughs) everything and Mulder like nonchalantly walks by and neither just like acknowledge each other. So Mulder goes to like look at some magazines and stuff and Scully like follows them and they both pick up the magazine and pretend to read through them. Mulder says that he called every weight station and bureau office west of Colorado Tied up in an earphone, earphone for three hours. Is that what he says? I'm I don't sure, know. Maybe. I don't know if I'd 
got, I don't know if I've got like airplane and phone like mixed stuff. I was like, I was writing it. I can't think. Or maybe it was just a phone on the air, airplane. On the airplane. Yeah, I don't know. I reckon. Anyway, he was on the phone for three hours. And he says that he doesn't speak Japanese, but I think some businessman told me to stick a piece of sushi where the sun don't shine. <laughs> and Scully kind of agrees and she's like, yeah, my ear's numb from being on hold for so many hours. And Mulder says that at least we can be sure they didn't trace our call. He says that they couldn't find the truck and asks Scully if she had any luck. And she says that yes. Actually, she says, yep. Which is quite cute. Mm-hmm. And she says that it's heading northwest on I-90. The super then reads 6.30pm specific time, junction of Highway 90, Washington State. The truck's like driving down this road. But Mulder and Scully are sitting waiting in their rental car. Scully is looking through binoculars and Mulder is sitting eating like his wee sunflower seeds as he does. <laughs> so of course she's doing all the hard work looking out for this and he's just sitting yeah. vibing. Like, okay. <laughs> vibing. Oh yeah. He's just like monologuing and she's like, mate, shut up. I'm not listening. <laughs> like, let's get some alien bitches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, he's just pondering, sitting there, and he's like, you know, think about it. This truck drove across America. People that passed on the road probably thought it was hauling auto parts or furniture. You know, livestock, whatever. Mm-hmm. Nobody would have suspected it was hauling a craft from another world. And Scully just like doesn't acknowledge it. She's just like, here we go, it's coming. Yep. She's like, please <laughs> So shut she's up. just like, yeah. She brings like her binoculars down, and then Mulder finally does some work and pulls out of the like, little waiting spot onto the highway and drives after it. We then cut to nighttime, and they're still following the truck, and it's... Scully says that we've been following this truck for hours. Maybe he knows that we are following him and he's taking an evasive route. And Mulder says, well, if that were the case, and then he's cut off. The radio starts flipping through all the channels rapidly. Mm-hmm. He randomly starts hitting the car and there's a loud hum, like that UFO noise. Yep. And there's a bright light. So the car stops very suddenly um, in front of the truck which is now turned facing the other way and we can't see the driver and Mulder gets out of the car with his, his torch and they ask each other if they're alright and they go up to search the truck. They call out to the driver but they don't get a reply and they see that the back doors are open and they climb in and start searching it. They push through like all the boxes and then suddenly this bright red glow like appears from nowhere that they couldn't see from outside. Yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> which is quite, yeah, exactly, yeah. Scully's right behind them and then the camera flips around and we see that they're kind of looking at like some medical bay life support kind of thing don't know how to best describe it but Mulder's like it was an extraterrestrial biological entity alive <laughs> and Scully's like yeah but where did it go <laughs> she's like where the fuck is this yeah. it turns into a horror film he's like you start here scratching yeah. and fucking in there <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, and Mulder's like buzzing and he's like I think we were just witness to a rescue mission <laughs> this boy this fucking boy <laughs> and uh, like they start like they look around like where the alien was supposedly lying Mulder starts another stopwatch outside the truck and he like puts it on the ground and he climbs out and he gets he's whipped his like Geiger counter out again from like nowhere yeah. Scully is holding the torch and then they start walking towards like the stopwatch that Mulder had set down Scully's like that was your Geiger counter I thought you were just happy to see me <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah love it so scully's like clearly shaken she's just like i can't stop shaking like what what we just saw like did it fit the profile and Mulder asks if she's asking him if it was real did we just have a close encounter and she's like well yeah <laughs> so they stop at this stopwatch he bends down to pick it up and he pulls out his other stopwatch that had been going at the same time and stops them. And he's like, nope, it was another hoax. And he shows them both to Scully and that they both read like the same measurement. So they start walking back to the car and Scully asks, how, but how could anyone generate such force? And Mulder's like, well, whatever they used, we probably haven't heard of it. Sound weapons, stealth helicopters with an ultra intensity light, doesn't matter. There's no evidence that this was a UFO. But how has the government stopped their car, yeah. turned that truck around, got the driver out all in that split second without them seeing? I know. It makes no it's sense. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah, don't 
yeah, you can't think too hard about it because it just yeah, doesn't it work. Yeah, it was better when I thought it was a UFO. Like for that first few minutes when you think yeah. it was a UFO, it made more sense. Uh-huh. Definitely did. And then so Mulder, oh, so Scully says, so they created this elaborate show just to deflect us again. And she's like, well, it would have been just easier for them to. And then Mulder cuts her off. And I'm like, do not fucking cut her off, bro. But anyway, he's like, just to kill <laughs> he's us. He's got to. Yeah. It's like, just in his nature. He does, yeah. It is. All about him. Me, me, me. <laughs> yep, that's him. Um, yeah. So basically, uh, he's like, I'd wondered if that's what they were like thinking as well. It'd just be easier for them to just kill them. And he says, maybe they're using me against myself, like you said before, that I want to believe so badly that I just accept the obvious conclusions and walk away. So Scully says that we have nothing to go on and no one to turn to. And Mulder says there's still one person in all of this who hasn't lied to us, but it's not quite someone we can turn to. By the way, I was just thinking, him cutting uh-huh. her off, is it him cutting her off or is it actually because they're so in tune he just knows what she's thinking? Mm. I think it's more that. Let's go with that. We were in an MSR file podcast. Yeah, yeah. My heart wants to go with that one. It's a yeah. cure. They're just so in tune. They're, they just they can complete yeah. their sentences. It's effortless. <laughs> yeah. So then we cut to a hotel room and we're still in Washington. Scully is writing at our desk, taking her little notes. <laughs> and Mulder's on the phone with like maps in front of him and everything. And he's sitting like a two-year-old on the bed with his legs crossed. He is. Cute. It is very <laughs> cute. It's very sweet. So he's rattling off locations to this person on the phone. He asks if they sent in a field investigator and asks if they can substantiate the sighting and he says okay Nick thanks a lot. So he hangs up the phone and crosses over the room towards Scully with his map and says that he's contacted several organisations that have hotlines for UFO reports. Centre of UFO Studies in Chicago, MUFON, NICAP, none of them have ever reported a week of such activity. It began in Tennessee where Ranheim was encountered and he traces his finger down the line like where the truck went which is covered in red circles marking the UFO sightings. And Scully points out that the sightings are following the path of the truck and Mulder says that after last night's hoax, look at this, and he takes out another map and circles another spot on it. He says that there were seven sightings in Mattawa, Washington, that's 100 miles away. And Scully's like, aliens? And he's like, <laughs> looks like they want their colleague back. <laughs> I'm like, okay. My God. Yeah. <laughs> It's a whole thing. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So then we cut to Matoa in Washington State and they're driving in the car. And Scully says that we've driven full circle through Matoa twice. There's nothing here. Mulder seems to spot something and stops the car. And we see there's a list, like a, a gathering of people around a fire. It looks like they've got like a barbecue going. It looks quite quite a cool wee setup, like for a wee party. Yeah, it does. It looks like fun. It does. It does. It looks like a good time. So they get out of the car and they go over to the campsite. There's a sign that says, Welcome Space Brothers and there are like some people like dressed up as well yeah Mulder's like I've found my people yes he gives them a very jaunty wave and he looks yeah. buzzing and it's and, yeah. so <laughs> and he's wearing the best tie it is the best tie this is my favourite tie yeah. it is loud it is so loud it is it's a so statement Mulder. piece it deserves to be framed yeah so they stop at just a man who's just like drinking some beer and he says something that is supposedly intergalactic space speak I'm not going to repeat it because I couldn't <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's that's how we say hello. Mm-hmm. And he says that they're having a UFO party. And Mulder is just like enamored by this. And he asks if they've seen them. And the guy says, yeah, the last two nights, they're drawn to electric power. So they hover over the power plant down there and he points to it. So he does this weird, like extended look towards the power plant. It's quite a long look. That I was like, we didn't need that much screen time on it. But I yeah. will say that Mulder looks exquisite in this scene anyway, as it focuses on him looking at his power plant. So I'll love it. Yes. That's, that's his little tie. And his little hit, like fringe curl it. Oh, the just, hair oh. curl. 
yep. Yeah. Less than. Oh, but also, can I just say, all this party is missing is the guy with his coat behind, like his arms behind him, <laughs> running in the background. Like, <laughs> yes. from Area 51. Yeah, raiding Area 51. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did a Naruto run in the background? Brilliant. That's what yeah. we need. So, this is a really cool transition for this bit. Yeah. Where it cuts to, like, looking through the binoculars. So now they're in the car, and through the binoculars, we see Ranheim being escorted, just like granted access. I don't know which one. Through the gate. He's just, like, walking on in. <laughs> and Scully comments, the place has got to have the highest level of security. And Mulder's like, just the kind of challenge they're looking for. <laughs> and Scully's just like, wait, who? <laughs> <laughs> so Mulder makes a wee phone call and it goes to the lone gunman office to the besties and Langley picks up says hiya and Mulder like announces that it's him and that to turn the tape recorder off and like Langley just like pauses but it doesn't move and he's like it's off <laughs> and Mulder's <laughs> like turn it off and he's like it's already off but we can clearly see it like still swimming in the background Mulder asks them how would you like to have on your front page the first substantiated photo of an extraterrestrial biological entity and Langley's like no way an EBE he's like what do we have to do <laughs> and Mulder says just hack me some identification numbers so the scene cuts to a printer printing out like two security passes that read the names Tom Braidwood and Val Steffoff so we see that they're outside the same gate for the power plant that Ranheim was and Mulder calls through to the security guard that their names are Braidwood and Steffoff and the man tears off the, the passes and hands them to the both oh no sorry he tears off the passes and brings them out and he asks for their personal identification numbers and then does a little search of the booth. The booth? Grants them access. The, the boot, sorry. The trunk. Trunk of the car for all our American listeners. <laughs> yeah, checks the boot. Yeah, so he like grants them access and he's like, you know, like, free to go and then when they start to pull away, he's like wait! And it's like so aggressive that the yeah. car, the model, like slams on the brakes and they go like jerking forward. It's really funny. <laughs> Cracks me up. And there's also that blooper, isn't there? When someone makes like a cat noise or something. Yeah! <laughs> That's yeah. funny. It's a good one. Yeah, so like they, they share a look and the guy comes up to them and he's like here's your passies. Like, just keep them on. <laughs> like, that didn't need to be that aggressive to just be yeah. like, oh, by the way, you forgot your passies. This man has never worked in customer service. No. Doesn't even be screaming at people, be like, wait, you forgot this. <laughs> like, okay, here's your receipt. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah <laughs> anyway Mulder takes them both and nods and then he just looks like so shaken by it all and they just like yeah. drive through so they walk through the hallways and Langley tells Scully that no Mulder tells Scully that Langley <laughs> couldn't get access into level 6 so that's where we and he trails off because we spot a door which states that it's level 6 behind it and it's guarded by a security guard and they just like keep walking past it and they stop they stop and they get to like a set of double doors and like they quite go to like a hushed conversation because they're trying to figure out how to get through this door. Mm. Mulder is hell-bent on getting through this door with the security guard in front of him, in front of it, and <laughs> Scully's like, we are gonna be so suspicious. He's like, nah, nah, let's do it. She's like, Mulder, they're not gonna let us in. He's like, nah, nah, let's do it. Good so, this yeah, guy. yeah, this, this fucking guy. <laughs> so they turn around, they head back out, and they're immediately met by a security guard, and he's like, can you folks come with me? And Mulder's like, oh no, like, we're lost, man. Like, I don't know where we're going. And he's like, <laughs> proceed. The security guard's like, please go down the hallway. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, like just just help us out and Scully's like right Mulder pack in <laughs> that's enough she says that they're FBI agents when she reaches for her badge the security guard reaches for his gun and she's like I'm just reaching for my ID so she shows it, shows it to him yeah she shows it to him and she says that they're here conducting an investigation and the security guard is still like just down the hallway like please mm -hmm. just down the hallway so they give in and they start walking down the hallway and the guard starts like talking into his walkie talkie and he says that this is level 2 to level 6 that he has a male and a female who identified themselves and then of course Mulder just bolts 
fucking legs out. Yeah, he does a lot of... With, yeah, go on your fucking self. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he saw an opportunity and he took it. And I will yeah, come in He's so that. close, why not? Uh, yeah, may as well, for the banner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just give it a try. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. What's for you, I'll not go by you. Yeah. So, yeah, he does a runner. And the guard immediately like pulls out his gun and Scully's like, nope. <laughs> she like body blocks him and tries to like push the gun out of the way. But she does and like she's block literally half the size of this guy. But yeah. <laughs> It's hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, look at trying. her try to defend her man. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cute. Stand by your man. Your man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Brilliant. So basically, the security card calls out for Mulder to stop and he shoves Scully out the way and she just kind of remains in place as they run off after Mulder. So he opens the door and he sprints down the stairs and then loads of other guards appear with like assault rifles and charge down the hall and rush after him down the stairs and then a guard stops to take Scully away. Mulder passes a sign that says no entry unless accompanied by a staff member of high voltage research or have written permission obtained from security level 6. Security guards are close behind him still yelling at him to stop. Mulder goes down a catwalk and tries to jump over a sign that says danger high voltage <laughs> but uh, eats Which, it basically and hurts his leg. <laughs> is what Mulder has. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even finish it. Can't even finish it. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. So he's, yeah, he's just ate the ground. And <laughs> he gets up and, like, just limps down this catwalk. I think he should quit while he's ahead. But I don't think he will. So they finally enter into a room with, like, this just looks like machines in it. And then there's, like, a glass pane on, like, one of the walls that has, like, a red light emitting out from it. But Mulder is, you know, the kid in Jurassic Park. You know, Timmy, when he hurts his leg. Of course I know Timmy from Jurassic Park. Who are you talking to? I'm talking. I'm talking to the listeners. All oh, right, I forgot about that. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> but you know when it's the raptors in the kitchen and he's trying to run and he's like he's hobbling along. This yeah. is what it. Re- yeah, this yeah. is what it reminds me of. Mulder's yes. just like, oh, he's trying his best, but he just can't get there. <laughs> Who did it better? Holding the pole, Timmy. Oh, he's just gonna throw Mulder under the bus like that. Listen, it's Jurassic Park. Do you know what my favorite part of Jurassic Park is? Is when they yeah. just after they get rescued rescued from the tree. Like Doctor Grant goes up to get them from the tree, but then they're, the car falls mm-hmm. back down onto them when they get to the ground. Yeah. And he's like, "Well, yeah. we're back in the car again." And then Doctor Grant goes, well, yeah. "At least we're not in the tree." Yeah. <laughs> Oh, sorry, at least we're out of the tree. Love it. See, I think, yeah, Mulder just looks sad and pathetic as he is trying <laughs> to outrun these soldiers, right? Closing in on him with guns. But whereas Timmy was running away from those fucking raptors and he saved himself. So yeah. I think Timmy did it better. Okay, I'll let you know. Go on yourself, Timmy. Yeah. Go on, Timmy. I mean, Mulder tries his best, but yeah. he's hopeless. Let's face the facts. <laughs> so basically, they surround him, exactly case in point, they surround him just before he reaches the point where he can get a good vantage point to look inside this room. Of course. Which is quite tragic. It is very tragic. That's just Mulder's life. Yeah, it is. Just one tragedy after the other. Yep. So they surround him and like point their guns at him, so he puts his hands up. And then we hear somebody shout, let him go. Um we recognise that it is Deep Throat. So he walks in, carrying his own gun, and dismisses all the guards. He tells them that they've done well and that they can go. Deep Throat takes Mulder's gun back and then gives it to them. And Mulder is just like, "What the fuck is going on here?" <laughs> that is the actual line from the episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he should have said. That's what he should have said. After all the uh-huh. shit he's been through, that is what he should have said. Yeah. Like, the fuck are y'all doing? <laughs> <laughs> and Deep Throat is like, I know how badly, how very badly you want to look through that window. And Muller again, like, does his little awkward limp, but like, Deep Throat gets in his way. And he's like, but it would be pointless. The thing's dead. Like, you're too late. It's Brunbreed. It's gone. <laughs> Just to clarify, and then... Mark Watney is dead. <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> so, by the way, sorry to his family listening. 
but he's dead. <laughs> Just to be clear on that. <laughs> oh, Teddy, fucking brilliant. So, brace yourselves, oh. because Deep Throat goes on a long monologue, and it's a lot of flowery nonsense. Where and you I write got, it word for I, word. I have it here, I did, and I was very bitter about it, and every bit that I wrote, I was like, I hate this, I don't know why I'm doing it. Yeah, I would have summed that up in two sentences. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not reading out to you, because I'll trip over it. Oh. Um, <laughs> So, <laughs> all that build up and then you're like ah, yeah. I wrote all that but I'm a fucking yeah. arena <laughs> so why did you I mean I can I can go for it I can go for it I, I was committed to the bit but at the same time I was just yeah, like we're oh, a minute 28 into this. this we don't need the whole thing a minute 28 you summarize it yeah okay an hour 28 yeah <laughs> fucking hell again I am sober <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's a load of shit, and I was listening to it, and at the end, by the end of him talking, I was like, I have no idea what the fuck he just said. No clue. <laughs> but essentially, too long, didn't read. Uh, Deep Throat says, after Roswell, there was an ultra-secret conference where different countries attended to basically agree that should an EBE survive a crash, the country which held that being would be responsible for its extermination. That was all we needed. Yeah. Deep Throat then says that he's exterminated one of these creatures, and Mulder just like, what the fuck? It looks also looks kind of like, how could you do that? <laughs> and yeah. basically, Deep Throat says... That he was with the CIA in Vietnam. Fuck um, the CIA. Uh, yeah. There was like Marines shot down a UFO that was sighted, blah, blah, blah. And it basically says that he pulled the trigger and killed the thing and now it's haunted him for years. And I'm like, okay, well, you shouldn't have done it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But basically, that's why Deep Throat came to. He said, Deep Throat says, that's why I came to you, Mr. Mulder, and will continue to come to you to atone for what I've done. And maybe sometime through you, the truth will be known. And Mulder look, finally, bless him, finally gets his chance to look through the window and it's empty. <laughs> I'm like, wait to hold like the body hope in the palm of your hand and then just crush it yeah exactly why not let him go for it when it's fucking empty like you could just let him look yeah, yeah. honestly Bless that heart. little boy oh, uh-huh i feel so sorry for him what a shame uh, yeah you do you do so deep throat kind of looks through it as well and then the doors to like outside this hangar thing open and they both step outside Mulder looks shooketh mm-hmm. he looks traumatized not gonna lie uh, deep throat comments you're awfully quiet mr Mulder. <laughs> Ten out of ten for the impersonation. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was quite good. Eh? Yeah, I just say that randomly, like day to day. I'm just like, we're off the fire, Mister Mulder. It just gets stuck in my head. I don't know why. And and Mulder says that he's wondering which lie to believe. And Deep Throat's just like, ha ha ha, and just walks away. <laughs> like some atonement. Eh? Yeah, no. He's just like, I will just screw you. That's fine. And then Scully is escorted back to Mulder's side, and like she comes up to walk and to stand next to him. And uh, by the way, the height difference is just. Oh my. God. God, it's fucking perfect but perfection yeah and then we get a really cool shot of deep throat walking off like into the fog into the distance and yeah yeah it's just a really cool shot i really like that and then episode end and that's that that is that see you that got the that. fucking best part of the episode that was so quick <laughs> i got the best of it yeah i hate you <laughs> <laughs> But now you have to read out all um, the fans are out there because that's just there. Oh no, first we need to rate. Oh yeah. I feel like we're going to be completely different on this, by the way. Ooh. Yeah, I'm... Because I really like this episode and I don't like it. Yeah, and I'm not it. too enamoured by it. I would watch, I would happily watch it in like a rewatch. Uh-huh. Like I wouldn't begrudge it or anything. I would happily go through it. But see if I was picking out ones to like watch randomly, I'd be like, I would never choose it. I will go as far to say this is my favourite and probably the only mythology episode I actually 
enjoyed. Yeah? Yeah. Ooh. I detest the rest of them, to be honest. I really <laughs> rewatched them. I think they're all yeah. the shit, very shitty plots. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that Mulder and Scully are actually together for like the, the majority of this episode, unlike all yeah. the other apology episodes where they kind of split off and do their own thing. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Things aren't too batshit crazy yet. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I just I really liked that. it. I thought Morgan, Morgan and Wong, I, I like their scripts. And mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this. I thought it was really cool how it kept making you think one thing was happening and then it was like, nope, that's all wrong. Yeah. And then you'd think, okay, now this is where it's going. It's like, nope, that's also a lie. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah, no, that's fair. I would give it that. I do agree. It is one of the better ones. But then, yeah, because like I said, I wouldn't go back and watch it if I was watching one-offs, but I don't really do that yeah. with the other mythology as well. I would maybe go back and be like, right, what the fuck was happened in this episode? <laughs> yeah, I really watched the mythology ones. I see yeah. that. I, I like the reduxes because I like the yeah. Mulder-Scully like, intimacy things in them, but yeah. the but rest of the episodes are all shit. They're apart from each other and the monologues <laughs> fucking kill me. But the scenes yeah, where they're yeah. together, like Nosswell, I love them. But as like an episode mm-hmm. as a whole, this is is probably the only mythology one that I actually enjoy now because once we got to the end okay. of all the mythology arc I was so fucking done with it I was just like what a waste of time yeah. and I absolutely hated the storyline so now looking back I'm like this one I really like it's a good standalone I would give it that yeah so I enjoy it a lot of people would be pissed off at me saying that I hate the whole mythology arc <laughs> but I really do I feel like it was a waste of my fucking time I wish it had just been Monster of the Week episodes all the time because yeah I think I invested a lot yeah, into that me too I went fucking nowhere mm-hmm. yeah no I would give it that yeah mm-hmm. definitely one of the bare ones so are we saying it's better than fire oh mm. you don't think this is better than fire oh wait hold on fire fire did you see yeah yeah better than fire, what did yeah. you think <laughs> i don't know you know what i was trying to look for the tweet and i was just like oh, uh, oh no wait whoa what are we talking about <laughs> oh like, dear so it's obviously oh my god i just saw that tweet what tweet sorry i just saw that that tweet where the aliens guy and he's next to the <laughs> david oh yeah it uh, was retweeted yeah it's funny georgius Tusculus or something like that he's called. I'm not quite sure you yeah. his last name. Something like that. Or is it Giorgio or is it Giorgio? Anyway. So I can't remember. I've not, watched, I've not watched Ancient Aliens in ages. Anyway. Yeah, anyway, sorry. What about I interrupted you? What were you saying? Yeah, Rian. So we're saying it's better than fire. We're saying it's better than mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. Let's just crack mm-hmm. for it. We're saying it's better than Gender Bender, Condia, yep. Shadows, Fallen Angel, yep. Ghost in the Machine, yeah. Lazarus. Ooh. I see. Mm. You like Lazarus. I wouldn't put it above Lazarus. Then. Yeah. Wholeheartedly disagree. What, what was above Lazarus? Deep Throat, funnily enough. Oh, see. Oh, no, I don't know. I think Deep Throat has a bit more to it. I think I actually like E.E. better than Deep Throat, but Deep Throat is just nostalgic. Okay. Like, I think because the nostalgia, yeah. I, I put it above it. But What's above Deep Throat? Jersey Devil. Why that is still so high, I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> it's true, yeah. But um, I love that episode. See? Yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> Pictures alone. Yeah, all just make that it. picture. Our top five is Squeeze, Ice, Beyonce, Pilot, and Eve. After Eve, we've got Young oh, at Heart. Young Definitely at heart. not going above that. <laughs> personally, I would put it below Young at Heart. I'd actually maybe put it above. I, personally, I'd probably put it <gasps> af- below Eve, but above Young at Heart. Okay. But you're saying you wouldn't put it above Lazarus, so we need to meet in the middle here somewhere. Okay. Well, so what was after Young at Heart? Sorry? Jersey Devil. So will we put it below Young at Heart? But above Jersey Devil. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a fair compromise. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, okay, let's do the fans right there then. Bro. So, at MSNS Brand says that it's one of their favourites. Yes. 
which is fair enough. It's a good choice. And then at Okiboji1 has sent in the best reaction image, treated image that I've yes. ever seen. But it's the Mulder, listen to me, no, the hearts on it. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Big fan of that. Yep. And they said again, I have no serious thoughts. And I've just sent in that image. <laughs> so yeah, big vibe. At Heart Eyes for David, they said it's actually one of my favourite episodes of the Myth Arc and the banter between Mulder and Scully is outstanding. I feel in this episode, Mulder fully brings Scully into his world by introducing her to his friends and Scully realises that there is something big going on, yeah. which I totally agree with. Very well done. And then uh, Kathy. G, legend. G, G. <laughs> says that this is a favourite. It's a perfect season one episode with a little alien lore, a little syndicate, and so much lovely MSR. Scully's mm. declaration to Mulder is perfect. We know without a doubt that she's fully on board. She may be sceptical of some things, but not of Mulder. She's like, oh yeah, yeah, gets me in my heart. Gets me right there in the feels. Yeah, in the feels. And at 10 feet off says it's my second favourite episode ever. It has everything. The banter, the MSR, the lone gunman, aliens, UFO, conspiracy. It's like a blueprint for blueprint for everything that's to come with a little heart eyes emoji. Yes. Yeah, I would give it that. And then at Zia on film and TV says... I just think they're neat. The paranoia, then challenging each other to either believe or have a higher standard for proof and questioning sources, their trust and support of one another. Yes. Which I agree with. They're so good in this episode. I love the way they bounce off each other. I love the way they argue each Mm -hmm. other, but it's like respectful arguing. It's really good. I know I made a lot of jokes during my commentary, but I actually do love it. I love their little interactions. I Uh think it's really cool. It's brilliant. It is great stuff. And then, that is all we have in our... The fans are out there section. Oh, but we did do a little... Yeah, that was all I've got, I think. Are you going to do our poll? Yeah. Well, as I was yeah. going to say, yeah, we had a little poll, poll for the best tie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the tie poll. I'm so fucking happy about this. Yeah. The people have good taste. They do. So we had a little tie poll. Here we go. So we did a poll on the four ties. To be fair, I love them all. I really like that grey one as well that he wore when he leaves mm-hmm. interview in Ranheim. Yeah, but yeah. My favourite is like the loudest tie that he's ever wore. Yeah. Which was oh God, tie number four. Something else. Whereas tie number two and three are the ones where he wears more often. So we did a poll and the winner was mm-hmm. 55% was tie number four. Yeah. Yeah. And then Good tie taste. number one and tie number two, it was a tie. <laughs> and they both were 15%. <laughs> And tie number three came in at 13%. We also did uh, another poll where I was just doing a mm-hmm. spooky vibe check on the timeline. And it was a good vibe check. It was a good vibe check. And I was quite surprised at this. So the first poll was, do you believe in ghosts? And 46% mm-hmm. said yes, 12% said no, and 42% said I want to believe. Which means if you add in the yeses and mm-hmm. I, I want to believe, because these are people that either believe or they, they, they're willing to believe, they want to believe it's yeah. out there. That's 88%, which I was quite surprised that was that. Hi. That's true. Uh-huh. The next one was Do You Believe in Bigfoot? Only 4% said yes. Mm. No one tell Cliff Brackman or, or Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other guy called? Something money maker. I have no clue. Anyway, only 4% said yes, 71% said no, and 25% said I want to believe. Mm. Next question was Do you believe that UFOs are visitors from other planets? I was shocked by this one. So 41% mm. said yes, 33% okay. said no, and 26% mm-hmm. went with a classic I want to believe. I want to believe. Which means 67% of people either believe or want to believe. I was surprised it was that high. True. That is very high, yeah. So next question was, do you believe that intelligent life exists somewhere else in the universe? So 84% said yes, 3% said no, and 13% said I want to believe. Again, surprised that even 3% said no. I think it's astonishing to think that you just don't believe. Like The universe is massive. Surely there is something else out there. 
Oh god, I. Absolutely. I hope so. If we are the only intelligent life in the universe, I feel sorry for the sad. universe. Yeah, I would be so, sad. We're so bad. Yeah. And then my favorite one. Do you believe in El Chupacabra? El Chupacabra. Disappointed by the result. So, although 24% said yeah, that's quite high. Not 62% said no, and 14% said I want to believe. So that was just a wee fun poll thing we mm-hmm. put out there. It was an excellent idea. There was there was nothing else happening on the timeline this week. Nope. No madness, yeah. no craziness, no fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if you saw the timeline this week. <laughs> I did not, unfortunately. Oh, I was so, uh, all yeah. it wore on there. No, was it? Oh, yeah. I missed, I missed we, We're ignoring the, it. We're ignoring it. So, so next, it's time for. Do you think I'm spooky? And Ooh. Emma, do you want to read out our two stories we've got? So they're in a DM. Yes. And you're allowed to see their name. They don't want to stay anonymous. You can see their name. Okay, okay. So it was sent in by Paula Sabata. Um, they're from Lima. Peru and 36 year old and a teacher. So they start off saying that I have to say I've had many paranormal experiences since I was a child. As years pass, you get used to them. They're going to tell us their most significant experiences so far. I've not read these by the way, so live react. Oh, it should be fine. Have you read them? No, I'd never got a chance to actually see oh, them. Oh, good. I, d- I purposely didn't because I wanted to do it live. Okay, so. We have number one. In 2014, my uncle, in brackets, Enrique was his name, who used to live with us at home, passed away. He was diagnosed with leukemia. Um, unfortunately, it was so aggressive that he died four months later. Um, they knew him since they were a child. and He was even their math teacher when they needed help at school as a student. Oh, bless. Yeah, that's good. Also, he liked tech devices a lot, so had tablets, phones, computers, etc. And then I've said, here's the thing, two days after his death, they were chatting through WhatsApp with their best friend at the time. She didn't know about the relative because the family kept it private and they were in their room and they remember one of their cousins was there too. He was watching TV. So Paula kept chatting with her friends um, talking about like work stuff and when suddenly the temperature in the room got colder. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Don't like that. So it was a bit spooky. And then they put in brackets that in Peru at that time they were in winter but it was never too cold. And then they asked their cousin do you feel how cold it is? And he was like no. He said that he was okay. So I kept chatting with my friend and then their phone crashed and they couldn't write or close WhatsApp or anything. So they waited two or three minutes and then when they were going to reset their phone it started working again and some messages appeared in a WhatsApp chat and when they read the messages they were the following and it said hello Paulita I'm Kike I don't know how you pronounce that but in brackets it's like it's, that's what is their uncle's nickname was. All right. The next message was don't know where I am. The next one was I feel very strange please help me don't know where to go please help me. Oh so no Give me a shiver in my spine. Yeah, I gave me a shiver as well. So, and they say, obviously, I got scared, but as I mentioned before, I've had many paranormal experiences, so I tried to keep calm. But my best friend was getting kind of like freaked out as well because the messages were in the same chat that they were writing in. Oh, right. So, yeah, so she had to tell her cousin um, about her uncle, and then the best friend called her, like, quite freaked out again, like, scared and surprised. Yeah. And she says that she used to have the screenshot of the messages, but they don't know where it is. Um, otherwise, they would have sent it in to us. Oh, but that I would is like quite to have seen that. Spooky. No, that is yeah. Spooky. That's giving me shivers in my spine, like. It is. It gave me a little shiver. I was like, oh, that is quite spooky. So that is the end of the first one. Mm-hmm. And oh, definitely gave me a shiver. And so, number two, it took place in 2018. So, Paula is an English teacher. So, sometimes just private lessons after work to get some extra money. And that day, I had a class at Miraflu. 
Flores district. So when I finished, I took the bus and got off the bus after about 10 minutes at Lindsay, Linz district. I'm assuming maybe Lindsay is how it's pronounced. Yeah. Not sure. From that point on, I had to walk two blocks to the next bus stop to take another bus. Then she says, here's the thing. I only walked about 10 steps and then had a notification on her phone. So she stopped, checked it fast and started walking again. But when she lifted her head, she realized that she was like six blocks away from the point we're supposed to take the next bus and i'm like oh that's kind of like weird eh yeah so then she says that she felt i felt disorientated because it's impossible to walk six long blocks in seconds um, obviously i felt confused and just walked down the blocks and then got on the other bus and then she says that the curious thing is that days later found out that that this particular district that they were in some people had similar experiences where like oh. the distance had changed so like, oh that's quite spooky yeah so yeah she then says i guess there's some kind of damage in the time space like continuum thing in that play yeah oh that is freaky there's supposed to be somewhere is it in liverpool there's supposed to be some street where people suddenly see like they walk down the street and all of a sudden it's like back in time like it looks like it's like the 1800s or something oh and then they come that the bell, actually. yeah i'm sure it's liverpool or something oh that's yeah, creepy that is Paula also oh. said that she'd send us in some of our other stories later on uh-huh. But those are good. Those are creepy. That's giving me a wee shiver. Those are very good. Like. That's a good spooky story. Yeah, for sure. If you have your own spooky story that you want to send in, then you can email us at themsrfilespodcast at gmail.com or you can just DM us on Twitter. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at themsrfilespod or you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok where you can find us at the podcast. Or you can follow the link in our bio on Twitter for our Discord where you can join in that chat. We need to get more active on Discord actually, Emma. Maybe we should start running polls on there. Yeah, ah, that'd be good. Every Day we will post a nude picture of either <laughs> David or Julian. I know our audience. I'll yeah. get them to the Discord. Yeah. But we need to be more active on there. But you can follow the link on our bio on Twitter or you can follow the link that's in the details of every episode that we put out. So we'll see you next time for Miracle Man. Mm, that's it, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. I think that's it. Bye. Bye bye.
yeah, we're we're recording because we lost five minutes. You can tell by the flawlessness of that, really, compared to my sober attempt. After some cider, I'm absolutely fine at this. <laughs> oh, can you hear that ice cream truck? Yeah! <laughs> That's quite funny. Ice cream van. I don't know why I was used the American term. <laughs> oh, ice cream van. Why don't I get ice cream? <laughs> yeah. I wish I could afford it there, but fucking five That is very true, actually. Yeah. 99 is no longer a 99. They're so expensive. <laughs>